Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit robblack.com. Robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. September's drawing to an end. Let's take a look at some of the big stories. The writer's strike has reached a tentative deal to end. That's a pretty big story. Amazon is going to invest up to $4 billion in anthropology. Anthropic, 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 as AI arms race escalates. Okay, okay. For a second there, that is like some sort of robot arms, but that's not the right way of looking at it. <laughs> Multi-billion-dollar stake in the rival startup to Open AI. Notice that Microsoft went after Open AI. Amazon said, "We we need something like that too." Interesting. Both of them are services-oriented company. Amazon has obviously Prime, but Apple, uh, Microsoft has Office 365, and they make a lot of money. Both of them do very well with their services. Let's take a look at some of the other business stories of the day. Broadcom has been under fire in the last week because they have a lot of AI business. Won't be easy to chip away. Get it? Chip away. Lego has been trying to come up with a brick that doesn't isn't made out of plastics. It's not going well. This is the top stories of the day. Now let's take a look at what happened last week where we are this year and where we are today and going into the final quarter. NASDAQ's up 27.2% for the year. Keep in mind it was up 38% in the hot days of summer. S&P 500 up 13% almost, 12.97%. Dow Jones Industrial Average up 2.5%. Ten-year Treasury sits at a very great for savers, not so great for investors, 4.44%. Oil sits at $90 a barrel. Not great for the U.S. economy. Sucks some of their extra money away in higher gasoline prices. Taylor Swift, oh my God. She saw Chaffers Kelsey play football. What a weird, what a weird year it's been with uh, Taylor Swift stories, right? The SP 500 is coming off one of its worst weeks since Silicon Valley Bank collapsed. Way back in March, that was this year. Shows you how the year just kind of drags on at times in stories. Can the government avert an economically damaging shutdown by Saturday? Tough to say, but it's not looking great. If you were missing the Drew Barrymore show, show and Lord knows I have been, the writer's strike is over. But the deal has yet to become official. It has to go through 11,500 members of the Writers Guild of America. 
when the production companies came to the writers and said, this is your best and final deal, at least until Christmas, I think it was kind of saying, this is your best and final deal. Interesting way to negotiate, though. Not a lot of details have come out about what's involved with it. That'll come out in the coming days. But late night and daytime talk shows like Barry Morris could return imminently. The script to TV will take a while to restart. Then there's the separate issue of tens of thousands of actors, 100,000 plus. Their strike is still ongoing. Maybe there's a framework so we don't have to go through this silliness for a whole 100 days. I don't know. Maybe that is the framework, right? Spontaneity has always been the rage. But starting to get planning done is, is becoming a bigger issue. Uber is celebrating the power of planning with an incredible tool called Uber Reserve, an Uber app feature that lets you book your ride up to 90 days in advance. You can book from select airports and have the app track your flight so your ride is ready when your flight lands. It's pretty cool. I think that's a nice little tool. <laughs> I don't know. Have you traveled and got enough airport and you're like, I wonder when we should order an Uber. You order it too soon, then you pay that money for them sitting around and waiting. You order it too late and uh, you got another 10, 15 minutes at the airport. Jim Carter went to the Plains Peanut Festival in Georgia. Um, what's interesting to note about that, that's his hometown, but even more interesting is hasn't that guy been in hospice since like January or February? It's been a long time. Because it's August and uh, September. Those are the big hurricane months. Ophelia is in the Northeast. Uh, I'm filling up subway stations. That's kind of fun, right? Kind of get some water down in there. Okay, it's not that fun. Those things are electric, right? Big football game yesterday. The Miami Dolphins did something that hasn't been done in a long time. Scored 70 points. That's the longest since 1966. I throw that down there because that's 34, that's 44, that's 54, that's almost 60 years. Weird events can happen in the NFL. Weird events can happen on the stock market just as well. Um, other stories of note, Netflix has ended its DVD service. Biden's going to pick it with a striking auto workers this week. Yom Kippur began last night. It's probably why we don't have a lot of details on the writer strike. A lot of people still need to read it. Google turns 25 years old today. I once was caught uh, interviewing Tiffany Schlain from the Webby Awards. And I was in my early 30s. This was 25 years ago. And maybe I was in my late 20s, kind of. No, it had to be early 30s. And Tiffany Schlaine was on my radio show and she sounded young and I was young. So I Googled her. I said, oh, you got beautiful red hair and lots of freckles. And she says, ah, you Googled me. And that was the first time I got caught with Google being an action verb. Tinder is attempting to swipe a $499 per month from its most active users with a pricey new subscription service called Tinder Select. What do you get for that? The dating app plans to offer the service to less than 1% of its members who will have access to VIP search, matching and conversation features that aren't provided with its current paid plans. Somebody's going to pay for it. 
I know someone's going to pay for it. And someone's going to pay $6,000 a year for a dating service. Meta is planning to release AI chatbots with their own personalities this week. Like you can get one with Abraham Lincoln. And your seventh grade kid can go ask Abraham, what was the Civil War really like? And they'll go, four score and 10 years ago, this nation faced a great travesty. It's kind of cool when you think of it, like maybe you can get uh, Albert Einstein to help you with your homework. Abraham Lincoln to help you with history. Kind of like the idea. Another big round of scalping going on with this time with Olivia Rodrigo tickets. Samsung is working with Mr. Beast to get Generation Z's to embrace green texts. Interesting. Mr. Beast has a hundred plus million followers, so that's the right person if you want to try to break Apple's monopoly of the blue text. But we'll talk a little bit more about that because I do believe that is a big feature of advertising and revenue. Finding the right people to represent your company. It's no longer commercial television. That ABC, NBC, CBS are in a decline. Anyway, anyway, let's talk about what's coming on to the market when we come back. There's a sense of lethargy right now in the markets. Participants remain fatigued by the sight of rising interest rates. I get it. I feel it. I enjoy the saving rate on it, but I don't enjoy the angle that it comes with. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, or Rob Black Show. Don't want to work forever? Check out the Retirement Planning Guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Congress has just one week, one week to avoid a government shutdown. Sometimes it's referred to as a funding gap. The government has down has shut down 21 times since Congress introduced the federal budget process in the 1970s. It's drama that the market doesn't need right now, but it'll be okay if it does, because I guarantee you government will be funded at some point very shortly thereafter a stoppage. Potential shutdown could cost the U.S. economy as much as $6 billion a week. There are so many uncertainties and risks on the horizon. Shutdown hinges on a group of Republican holdouts who won't sign on to a $24 billion spending package for Ukraine's war efforts. Since Russia invaded the country in February of 2022, the U.S. has provided more than $100 billion to Ukraine. It's the highest amount out of any nation. Nearly 30 members of Congress, led by Senator J.D. Vance out of Ohio and Representative Chip Roy out of Texas, have questioned how well that money has been spent. By asking the question, are the Ukrainians any closer to victory than they were six months ago? The only issue I have there, and again, I'm not a political specialist. If you're going to commit, commit. Give them our best weapons. I know, I know that could lead to thermal nuclear war. But that's where I'm telling you, I don't know politics, right? Uh, Interesting reading over the weekend. I was reading about a company called Solaris, which you probably don't know. Hopefully you don't. It's a German fintech player. They had a major contract with a credit card last year. And when you're a fintech, if you can get that major relationship, you're not on easy street, but it's a good sign. So the downside here is that 
the company needs money. It's trying to raise to stay in business. They need money and cash flow. The problem is right now, not a lot of people are wanting to spend money and invest venture capital wise. It's all but dried up in fintech. What happens here is a company like Solaire says, okay, then we're going to go public and raise the money. A little bit too early, not quite, how shall we say, pickled or ready. And if we can't do that, they say, okay, then we're going to sell to a big financial firm. If they don't have the money, it's they're scratching at the venture capital door, then that's shut off. And if the stock market's like, no, that kind of looks like a weak offering, you're losing too much money, that might be shut off. Then what do you do? sell. I'm still a gaff, a gaw, or whatever you want to say about the $10 or $500 month subscription offer. I get it. Crowd wants it. But $6,000 a year? There was modest declines today. Kind of a buyer strike. You know, it's been the year of the strike and the year of the union. It's also last year was the year of inflation out of control. This year, it's the year of getting inflation under control, watching the treasury march higher and higher. Great for savers, bad for investors. There's never a right answer on Wall Street. The UAW straight continues on. This past Friday, some of the parts and distribution centers for General Motors and Stellantis got hit. What's worthy of note there is it seems that Ford is closer to a deal than GM or Stellantis. And you know who's laughing? Elon Musk. Except for his workers are going to start seeing a lot like, wow, those guys are paid a lot more than us. Other items to focus in on Chinese markets today. Property developer. Evergrande reportedly said it cannot issue new debt. And is scrapping and planned $35 billion restructuring. The August personal income and spending report comes out uh, Friday. And inside the August personal income and spending report is what the Fed loves to see, the PCE price index. That's a big piece of data this week for the 10-year treasury and how it responds. Right now, the 10-year treasury sits at 4.51%. That's putting the stock market definitively, clearly on the defensive. I see the NASDAQ down fractionally. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down fractionally. Uh, Dow Jones is down about four-tenths of 1%, and the S&P 500 down one-fifth of 1%. Oil sits at $90 a barrel. Russell 2000 is a winner. That's odd. Those are small U.S.-based companies. 10-year treasury sits at 4.52%. Holy mackerel. It's telling you a strong economy. The stock market is struggling to shake off, shake it off, shake it off. The Fed rate worries. Are you richer than you think? I think is a great question. I remember being younger and one of my female friends who I probably had a crush on. She once said, I can't wait to be a grown-up and eat at a restaurant every night with a different guy and take home food. That was her sign of, 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 of life being good. 
And I thought, like, I'll buy you food. <laughs> um, what definition do you look at to say if you're rich enough is, is kind of the big question, right? Wealth as a philosophy, lifestyle, and state of mind. I would say here's a nice indicator that you're wealthy. You're not drowning in outstanding financial obligations. You're not looking for your next paycheck. Most Americans live paycheck to paycheck. You have healthy cash cushions. I've got enough money to live off of for three to four years in cash right now. And it's earning a big five and a half percent. And I'm stoked about that. More than inflation for the first time in quite a while, right? You might not be wealthy or you may be wealthy. You may be wealthy. We consider, hey, I can go on vacation this holiday. So again, some of these are, you're not drowning in outstanding fun, big exorbitant bill. You're not living paycheck to paycheck. You've got a healthy cash cushion. You're not worried about your next vacation. You're maxing out your 401k. You occasionally spurge on the impulse. Like, holy mackerel, I ate out dinner seven nights in a row this week. And my lady friend brought home all the dinners. And another way that you might be able to say that you're doing well is if you have money to invest, whether it be an Acorns account or a 401k or a stock account at Fidelity or Vanguard or TD, not TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab. TD Ameritrade's no longer around. Acquired by Charles Schwab. Um, so that's how you might know that you're wealthy. Those are all very good questions and thoughts and philosophies. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. On my radio show right now, we're playing a little Taylor Swift anti-hero. I wouldn't have known this was her except for it's kind of a little bit too obvious, right? Do you know who Bill Belichick is? He's the craggy coach um, for the New England Patriots. I once interviewed him on this show. I used to do interviews, and then it just it just got kind of annoying trying to match up with the uh, booking guy, and then the guest would say something or not want to say something, and you'd have to jump through hoops. And anyway, he had a book on leadership. Anyway, speaking of how does Bill Belichick tie into Taylor Swift? At his news conference after the game yesterday, and keep in mind, Bill Belichick wasn't playing the Chiefs, which is where she made an appearance in Kansas City. Well, I guess he was in Boston uh, or New York. It was the Jets against the Patriots. So it's one of the two, right? Travis Kelsey. Here was his quote after the game. He said, quote, Travis Kelsey has made a lot of big catches in his career. This would be the biggest. I think that's pretty funny. When you're a craggy football coach who's old and grumpy, uh, who doesn't like talking to the press, I think that's pretty damn funny. I'll, I'll give him that one, right? Can we Can we all give him that one? Be nice for a day. It won't kill us, I bet. Um, and for the record, I just find it's, it's fascinating. Oh, one more tie towards Taylor Swift. Um, the IRS has asked the United States... Um, 
Oh, not the the IRS has asked Ticketmaster to give them information on anyone who sold over six hundred dollars worth of tickets this year. So if you scored tickets and then resold them on them on those games, um, or the IRS is going to know about it and come down on you at some point, right? Um, I, I kind of like that story. It's seems that ticket scalpers. Not only are they making a killing on our desire to go back to concerts, but it seems as if, um, you know, you bought a Taylor Swift ticket for $1,100 and it was face priced at, you know, 200 or 300 You kind of want people to pay their taxes. Like I knew someone, a woman emailed me and she was a friend of a friend 20 years ago. And she goes, um, should I be worried my husband doesn't pay taxes? I'm like, oh, tell me a little bit more. And she went on to tell me the story. I said, well, I could turn him in. It's, I said, but you probably don't want to hear that. Um, he has a business, a, a legit business, a wine and alcohol business. that He just stopped paying taxes. And he still gets it from the middleman and he still sells it to you or to restaurants in particular. And they live a good lifestyle. They go on vacations. And I said, well, there's a lot of things here. You know, obviously you could be turned in. They could eventually find out. Um, on top of that, he's not contributing to Social Security. So when he turns 60, they're going to say, well, you really haven't worked in the last 30 years or 20 years. So we're not going to give you maximum benefits. You're going to get very, very minimal business uh, benefits, if any at all. And I said, that goes for the spouse, too, because you're not working. And I said, on top of it, you've got a daughter. And like, there's it just the ramifications started to kind of get sticky, right? Throwing that down there for you. And that all comes down to paying taxes on your Taylor Swift concert games. Big story last week that I never really hit that I'll hit real quick now. Credit card companies were racking up losses at the fastest pace in almost 30 years. Credit card losses bottomed in September of 2021, while initial increases were likely reversals from stimulus. They've been rapidly rising since the first quarter of 2022. Since that time, an increasing rate of losses only seen in recent history during the recession of 2008. So we are not out of the woods yet. And the Federal Reserve may raise interest rates one more time. And maybe even one more after that. It's it's their God-given right, so to speak. But that's going to be tougher going into uh, an election year. They're not supposed to be political. And if you think grinding an economy to a halt isn't political, it is. Current losses on credit card users, 3.63% of them. Goldman sees it rising another 1.3 percentage points to 4.93%. Americans owe more than one trillion on credit cards. That's a staggering number when you write it on paper. I like writing things down to visually see them. You think I kind of have that. It's not autism, but that autism thing where numbers written down kind of like, ooh, give me perspective. Delinquencies could continue to underperform seasonality through the middle of next year. Peak losses should happen late 2024. 
what is unusual is losses are accelerating outside of the economic downturn over the past five credit cycles. Three were characterized by recessions. The two that occurred when the economy was not in a recession was in the mid-1990s and the 2015 to 2019 period, which was killed off by the pandemic, COVID, which was then government started giving people money not to be in groups of people, i.e. go to work. And people use that money to save, which we're spinning quickly now. Running out of that set, that savings, fat, so to speak. But also a lot of people uh, put it towards their credit cards. So we seem to be in a very similar position to where we were in 2015 to 2019. Strong economy supporting the credit card losses. I don't think it's the not a good story. And you get five or six of those not good stories and you have a, a much tougher economy, tougher, tougher stock market. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. So there was a big study from Edward Jones. They're a big broker, stockbroker company. And they had some tips on helping you figure out what the right withdrawal rate should be from your accounts. Now, again, I love studies like this. I hate studies like this because it doesn't necessarily take you into account. And you hear it, you know, that number equals the right thing for me. In the 1990s, the financial media world came up with a right amount to withdraw. It's called the 4% rule, suggesting you could withdraw 4% from your savings in your first retirement year. And then adjust subsequent withdrawals for inflation. Doing so from a balanced portfolio all but ensures your money lasts 30 years. Then the number became 4.7%. Since then, a lot of people like CFP Chad Burton and myself say that's oversimplifying everything and not a good thing. JP Morgan uses a number of between 2 to 3%, citing ongoing inflation, increased life expectancy, and prospects for a sharply lower return. So could you live off 2 to 3% of your savings? I guess that's the point of this segment right now, right? That's the focus. Morningstar came up with a new answer saying it's 3.3% due to low bond yields and potentially overvalued equity markets. Company has since updated that number to 3.8%. So it's kind of difficult figuring out what's the right number to withdraw from your savings, your required minimum distributions. Edward Jones did a study, which I was alluding to, that says, let's look at it a different way. Let's look at it in your early 60s and say, if you want to be more conservative, 3%. If you want to be less conservative, 3.5%. If you're in your late 60s, 3.5% for more conservative. For less conservative, 4%. If you're in your early 70s, more conservative is 4%. Less conservative is 5%. So the number is going higher, just a, a skosh, a percentage point. By the time you hit your 80s, if you want to be more conservative... 6% you take per year, less conservative, 8%. I like Edward Jones' 
SmackDown instead of saying, here's one number for retirees. They're saying, let's look at where you are in your life and how conservative or aggressive you are. They're talking about also inside this survey. They said, let's take a look at if you want to leave a legacy for your beneficiaries. It's going to be a different number. Um, Where your money is invested matters as well. Your investment strategy, which can produce higher returns or lower returns. Longevity in your family. Did your parents live to 95 years old or did your parents kick over debt at 65? Genetically speaking, your odds are where your parents died. Doesn't always happen that way. My dad was a smoker and was dead at 58. That's crazy. As a young person, I looked at him as an old person. Now as a man in my 50s, I look I look at it and going, wow. In the not so distant future, I'm going to be older than my dad was. And I looked at him as old. Am I that guy? I don't feel it. I still have this bad image of myself as in my 30s, but when I look in the mirror, I'm like, nope, you're, 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 you hit 50. You hit that wall, and that wall hit you. Um, you can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Got a big event coming up at the end of October. Ten. I'd love to see you there if you've not been to three or more events. It's going to be an event about wealth preservation, retirement planning for people with $500,000 or more. You'll hear a lot about it this month. You can find me on robblackshow.com. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Samsung is doing something interesting. They're trying to get Mr. Beast to post videos that are sponsored by Samsung, driving around really cool, expensive cars that are prototype vehicles. Of course, he's got a Galaxy Z Flip 5. Uh, in his hands when he's doing it. One of the first videos is him driving a prototype $2 million hydrogen car that has no seatbelts. What Samsung's trying to do is they're trying to get to kids. 87% of teenagers own an iPhone. That's not a lot of room for Samsung to wiggle in there. And I own an iPhone. My spouse owns an iPhone. My kid owns an iPhone. My other kid owns an Apple Watch. Um, Since I'm going to be paying for it, they all get Apple products because I keep it on kind of a family plan thing with the services. That kind of stickiness is amazing. I would expect my kids to be buying Apple products long after I pass. Earlier, I talked about Lego, they're ditching their latest effort to avoid oil-based plastic. Um, They were going to make Legos out of recycled plastic bottles, and then they found out that it would actually increase carbon emissions. So they still want to make Legos out of something sustainable by the year 2032, but the road they were going down was the wrong way. Iliad Kipchoge. Uh, won the Berlin Marathon for men, breaking his own world record. Uh, I'm always stunned by this. The woman who won, Tix Sifa, she broke a world record, not by a little bit, but by a lot. 
my family, we are all distance runners. And let's just say this time is something that is remarkable, seeing that we've been on this planet for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. We've been keeping marathon records for a hundred years, maybe. I don't know. Has it been longer than that? I know it's not going all the way back to the Greek Olympics. Maybe it is. I don't know. People keeping time or were they just saying, you win, you win. Good man. You win. Good job. Um, her record now is two hours and 11 minutes and 53 seconds. To give you a perspective, I was at like three hours and 50 minutes. <laughs> I just wanted to be under four hours. Uh, I don't have that running body anymore. So we were talking about benchmarks to tell if you're wealthy or not. And it was things like, can you afford to go on vacation? Can you afford to invest in your 401k? Can you? Um, it, was, it was kind of remarkable, simple things. You have cash saved for an emergency. There's another standard. This one's incredibly high, but I love high standards when it comes to where you should be in retirement. You should have the equivalent of your annual salary saved by the age of 30. So let's say you make 100000 This is the easiest way for me to do it. And the easiest way for it to work on radio. Then you should have $100,000 saved by age 30. You should have three times your salary by age 40. Six times by age 50. Eight times by age 60. And 10 times by 67. I want to go a little bit higher than that. This standard's considered brutal and high. I want 20 times your salary by the time you retire. So that hey, I wish we could go backwards in time and, and save more money. So let me throw those numbers down again. You want to have your salary saved by age 30, three times your salary by age 40, six times by age 50, eight times by age 60, and 10 times by age 67. Again, none of these numbers are right. It's more of an art than a science at this point. I think that's worthy of note. Kind of proud I did that little shtick there. Taking a look at the markets, let's see where that 10-year treasury is now that we're an hour and a half into the market. We have all markets kind of where they are from where they opened. Lower, but not drop falling. Not, not dropping like a rock. Russell 2000 is still in the green. Crude oils dropped just a skosh. Earlier in the day, it was a little bit higher. Now it's down to 89.31. It was $90 to open. 10-year treasury sits at 4.52%. Great for savers, bad for investors. Bitcoin sits at 26,118. Stocks are struggling to shake off the federal fund rate worries. Hollywood Writers Studios reached tentative deal to end the strike. Don't have any details on that. Other than there's a deal, I suppose that's detail, right? Home values could collapse in the future as rising climate dangers wreak havoc on the insurance market. U.S. home values could collapse as climate change boosts insurance costs. More insurers are hiking premiums. And leaving at-risk areas, forcing homeowners to rely on the costlier state-run programs. 
A study from First Street Foundation estimated that 39 million homes are still insured at prices that don't match the climate risk they face. That was a big one in the Oakland fires when I moved to the Bay Area 25 years ago. I was working at Channel 4 Cron, and uh, I contributed to a piece about how people in the Oakland Hills have been living there for sometimes a generation, sometimes two generations. One. And they're still using insurance rates from 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. And your home's rebuild value or rebuild costs have gone significantly higher in that period of time. Make sure you're not underinsured while you can still get insurance. For example, a California home valued at 300000 would see a 39% drop if you estimated insurance risk. In Louisiana, a home would drop 48% in value. So do you live in a risky area for disasters? It's a thought. It's not going to keep me up at night, but it's certainly something to, to think about if all your wealth is tied up in real estate. Ten. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter slash X, Rob Black Show, and YouTube videos, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com.